Johnson Wax Program with Filler McGee and Molly. of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. How would you like to live in a world where kitchen floors were always clean and sparkling and never had to be washed or cleaned? Well, I'm afraid I can't promise you anything quite as nice as that. But I can come mighty close to it. Just protect your linoleum and other floors with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. First off, you'll notice how very brightly your linoleum shines, how fresh and gay its colors are. Then you'll find that with regular glow coat care, you can keep up this bright wax-polished beauty with practically no work at all. When you spill something or when muddy feet track in dirt, you simply wipe the floor with a damp cloth, and right away it's clean again. What happens is the Johnson's Glow Coat forms that tough wax coating, which keeps dirt away from the surface of the floor. Of course, there's no rubbing or buffing with Glow Coat. In 20 minutes, it's ready to walk on. And all that shine, believe me, it's really bright. Try it, won't you? Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat. When a man starts pacing the floor, kicking the footstools, and twiddling with the window curtains, it's a wise wife who hands him his hat and his bowling ball. As long as they're in the alleys, they're off the street, says Mrs. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. Go on, McGee, go and bowl. You're making me nervous pacing up and down like that. No bowling tonight, kiddo. Bowling alley's all tied up with the tournament. <laughs> well, then go down to the Elks Club and play cribbage like you did last week. Only this time, be sure there's no poker chips in the cup of your trousers when you get home. The Elks Club is being redecorated. Well, for goodness sakes, do something. Read something. Take a walk. Play solitary. <laughs> I can't play solitary. Every time I start, I interrupt myself to do card tricks. <laughs> and I know how all of them are done, and it just bores me. Dear. Well, look, sweetheart, you're in a difficult mood tonight. What do you want to do, go to a movie? Mm. As long as you're in such a lather, why don't we go see the razor's edge? Hats <laughs> at the princess and the popcorn is better to be here. <laughs> Furthermore, I don't see... Dogs gone and listen to that doorbell. Visitors, visitors, visitors. Man tries to spend a quiet evening at home with his wife, and what happens? Nothing that any smart radio listener can't figure out in advance. <laughs> Come in. Well, for this little girl oh, from across sure. the street, Mom. Hi, Teeny. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi, Miss McGee. Hello, Teeny. What's on your mind, sis? Well, my mom and my daddy are at a bridge party tonight, and Mama told me I could stay with Aunt Minnie, but I don't like Aunt Minnie. <laughs> you don't, eh? Yeah, hmm? I said you don't, eh? Don't what? Like her. Who? Aunt Minnie. I know it. <laughs> She treats me like I was a little girl. Well, you are a little girl, aren't you? <laughs> You're a bit intelligent adults realize that talking down to children is psychologically wrong, I guess. Hmm. Well, that is Well, about... now, you just stay right here with us, dear. <clears throat> now, uh, would you like to lie down and take a nap until your father and mother call for you? Uh, McGee, show Teeny into the guest room while I get her some warm milk and cookies. Okay. Oh, 
gee, thanks, Miss McGee. You're awful nice to little children. Now, come on, Jean. Okay. Now, take your shoes off and crawl under this afghan. Okay. That's it. Tell oh. me a story, Mr. Will you please, Mr. Will you? Tell me. Well, okay, sis. Here's a book I've had since I was a little girl, or a little boy. <laughs> I'll read you one out of this. Once upon a time... Oh. <laughs> Boy, they sure wrote those things with a rubber stamp, didn't they, Mr. <laughs> once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time. Oh, that's just tradition, sir. Now be quiet and listen. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time in a little dell... What's a dell? It's a kind of a shady nook in the woods where, where green things grow. You mean like dell pickle? <laughs> That's exactly what I had in mind. Now, quit interrupting. Okay. Okay. Now, once upon a time in a little dell by an old smithy... Pardon me for interrupting mm. again, mister, but what's a smithy? A smithy is a, is a blacksmith shop, sis. Where they put shoes on horses. Oh. <laughs> What's the matter? Shoes oh. on horses. Huh? Oh. Come on, mister. Let's quit sitting around and have a story. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time in a little dell by a smithy, there lived a big white hare. Hmm? Hare. That means a rabbit. Oh. One day this hare was walking along the turnpike. What's the turnpike? At the road. Oh. As the little hare walked down the turnpike past a chemist shop... A what, mister? A drugstore. Oh. He was walking down the turnpike past the chemist shop when all of a sudden he saw a sixpence lying in the road. Oh. So he... What's a sixpence, mister? What is that? A sixpence is money. Oh. And just as he picked up the sixpence, a troll stuck his head over a turnstile... What's and... a troll oh. and what's a turnstile? A troll is a... It's... A turnstile is... Oh, for the... Why don't somebody write some fairy stories in English? <laughs> Trolls, hares, turnpikes, sixpence. How can any American kid ever... Hey, Teeny. Hey, Teeny. Teeny. Oh, my gosh, I put her to sleep. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and serenade to a wealthy widow.
I think so. I put the Afghan over her. Incidentally, why do they call those things Afghan? Well, it's the corruption of half again, baby. Huh? Because when you knit one, it's always it always takes half again as much yarn as you thought it would. <laughs> oh, I see. I've always wondered what the Afghan... Come in! Huh? Oh. Come in. Oh, Mr. Wimp, I'm not going to... There's a little girl asleep in the guest room. Take it easy. Okay, sir. Okay. <laughs> Is it some relative, Miss McGee? No, it isn't, Miss Winkle. It's a little girl from across the street. Her parents were at a bridge party. Oh. I used to play bridge quite a bit. <laughs> Everybody says they ought to call my game George Washington Bridge. It's so revolutionary. <laughs> but I don't play much anymore since Sweetie Face turned his foot. Sweetie Face. That's my big old wife. <laughs> Hurt her foot how, Mr. Wimple? Well, I got tired of having her kick me on the shins under the table, so I stuck some thumbtacks to my garters, and when she kicked me the next time with her open-toed shoes on, she could have heard her scream. <laughs> me, it was prettier than the moonlight sonata. Now, I'll bet you answered for that little monk of hunky business, Wimp. Oh, I really did, Mr. Newman. He took me out in the balcony and said, Did you do that on purpose, Wallace? And I said, Yes, dear, but I'm sorry. And she said, Oh, that's all right, dear. And took me in her arms. Oh, wasn't that sweet of her? No. Hey? No. She took me in her arms, walked over to the edge of the balcony, and dropped me off. <laughs> Days, how high was it? Six floors. Wow. Fortunately, I landed on the doorman. Maybe you know him, Mr. McGee. He's the one at the Rich Vista Hotel. They call him Shorty now. Uh, Mr. Wimple, is that black eye you've got a leftover from that little episode? <laughs> no, Mrs. McGee. I just got that this afternoon. Sweetie say he me because my punctuation was bad. Punctuation? You writing a letter or something? No, I was sitting at the window with my bird book. Your, uh... Your what, Mr. Wimple? My bird book. <laughs> and I saw a black crow in a tree, and I pointed it out to Sweetie Face and said, My, just look at that, old crow. <laughs> well, I guess I better be going. Good night, folks. <laughs> I wonder how Jeannie's parents ever let her come over here. We don't even know them. Well, but they know she comes over here a lot, and we like her. Maybe she just came over here. Hey, 
Mr. McGee, what time is it? And what time is it? Hmm. About half past, sis. Yes. Did we wake you up with our coffee? Oh, no, you didn't wake me up, I bet you. <laughs> I'm a very light sleeper anyway. You are, eh? I, uh, huh? I says you are, eh? I what? A light sleeper. Sure. I only weigh 46 pounds. <laughs> Will you go right ahead and talk, Mr. McGee and Miss McGee? You won't bother me in there. No, you won't bother me, don't you? what you wanted the correct time for. She isn't going anyplace. <laughs> you know how children are, dearie. Anything for a diversion. Yeah. At that age, they consider sleep a dreadful waste of time. Oh, not me. I love sleep. You know how long it took me to get to sleep last night? About four hours. Oh, nonsense. Huh? You know what your first words were this morning? No. What did I say? You said the milkman. I did? Yes. And the last thing you said last night was, did you leave a note for? Left eight and a half hours in the middle of that sentence. What do you know? I'd have sworn I counted sheep until daybreak. <laughs> Thought I'd gone to sleep by sheer willpower. That just goes to show what the power. Hello, Molly. Hello, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Lower your voice to a scream, Junior. There's a kid trying to sleep in the guest room. Oh, really? Got house yet? No, the little girl from across the street. Her folks are at a bridge party tonight. Hey, uh, Mr. McGee, what time is it, please? My gosh, aren't you asleep yet, sis? Well, it's just exactly 20 minutes to you. Now paddle your little corpus back to bed, kid. Okay, mister, but wouldn't it uh, be polite to introduce me to your good-looking friend? Huh? Your name's me. Oh, I'm sorry, Teeny. Mr. Wilcox, this is Teeny. Teeny, Mr. Harlow Wilcox. I'm very glad to meet you, Teeny. Oh, likewise, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh... Are you the Mr. Wilcox who saw Johnson's wife, hmm? uh, Yes, he is, Teeny. Now go on, get back in the Oh, bedroom. let her stay up, Val. Let her stay up. Uh, you know about Johnson's wife, Teeny? I'll say I do, I'll bet you. My mama said when she got married to my daddy that she set up housekeeping on two mashed steel pears, a pitcher, a pickle dish, and a can of Johnson's wax. <laughs> she did, eh? Yes, huh? I said she did, eh? Did what? Set up housekeeping with two Maxfield Parish pitchers, a pickled egg, and, and a... a can of Johnson Flash. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what she said. Well, your mother's a good housekeeper, apparently, Teeny. Oh, sure she is, I bet you. She says when she married my daddy, her mother told her three things. Mm, what were they, Teeny? She said never, never speak to her husband until he's had his breakfast coffee. Mm-hmm. She says a man getting up is like a jalopy on a cold morning. You gotta climb them, crank them, and jump back. <laughs> ah, wise woman, your grandmother. Sure. She also said that if she had a maid to have her use Samson's wax on the floors and things from woodwork. Aha, uh-huh. and the third thing? If she didn't have a maid, do it herself. She says any housekeeper was tidying the appearance of her house they were time with it now, Mr. McGee. Huh? Huh? Oh, uh, it's about two minutes past the time you got two minutes ago, sir. Mm, thank you. Well, <laughs> any time you're going to the circus or a picture show or anything, Mr. Wilcox, call me up. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> well, that was a great sales talk you just out there, Waxy. You stood there like a box of bubble bath in a lumber camp. <laughs> You let the kid do all the work. Well, doggone it, that little girl was so cute with her advice to bribe. You know what I'm going to do? What? Go home.
Might as well go home. This week's work is done. <laughs> hey, why don't that kid take a nap? My gosh, she's as sleepless as a lower berth over a flat wheel. <laughs> oh, she'll go to sleep. Children her age drop off very easily. Come in. They didn't hear you. Come in. Come in, come in, Dad Rabbit, but come in quietly. Oh, for goodness sakes, it's Mayor Latrivia. Good evening, Your Honor. Good evening, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hi, Politico. How's everything down in that marble ballot box with the flag on it? <laughs> if you are referring to the city hall, my friend, everything is going very well, thank you. The city is in the best shape fiscally that it has been in for many years. Well, isn't that wonderful? Great stuff, a fit, as far as it goes. But you can't throw dust in my eyes with that technical stuff. The real issue is, how is the city stacking up financially? Well, I... Uh, dearie... Uh, for your information and to save you future embarrassment, uh, fiscal and financial are the same thing. Oh, I don't know if they are. <laughs> I took fiscal culture in high school, but it wasn't financial. <laughs> As a matter of fact, after I paid for my sweatshirts and basketball shoes... Uh, pardon me, McGee. Huh? That was physical culture, not fiscal. F-I-S-C-A-L, fiscal, refers to things monetary. Just the same, buying basketball shoes at six... 55. Well, that... why did you wait till so late to buy them? What do you mean, so late? Well, uh, I think the mayor means as late as 6.55, McGee. After all, making a shoe store stay open after 6 o'clock was just so you could buy basketball shoes. Why, that's... But I didn't keep any store open. I just said do I... Do you bought... think they stay open till 6.55 just because they like to sit on those little stools? Certainly not. I didn't say they kept open till 6.55. I said my basketball shoes... But, uh, were... darling... Huh? You could just as well have bought them the next day. 6.55 is almost 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, and if those clerks had families and homes... That rather, when I said 6.55, I didn't mean the time. I meant the price was 6.55. You understand? Certainly. Good. But 6.55 is still not a large enough transaction to keep a shoe clerk from his dinner. I didn't keep any shoe clerks from his dinner. I don't even remember when I bought my basketball shoes. The time doesn't mean 60 for 55, that that was the price. I might even have bought them in the morning. At 6.55 in the morning, heavenly. <laughs> Dearie, do you mean you got those people out of bed that early just so you could buy them? No, no, I didn't. I didn't get anybody out of basketball. Uh, basketball. <laughs> 655 first for Shore Coopers. Uh, look, when I said... No, no, no. Take it easy, McGee. Give it a chance. Relax. Well, my gosh, when Good I... Good heavens. You were just a boy then, dearie. Boys are naturally thoughtless. They don't stop to think that a man selling shoes is a human being like the rest of us. But I tell you, I didn't do anything to any two clerks. I was merely the price of the clerk. The shoes was the basket. I mean the shoes. By the way, how much did you pay for the basketball shoes? I've been trying to tell you for 15 minutes. It was 6.55. A.M. or P.M.? <laughs> Late in the afternoon. I mean, it was early in the morning. I don't know what time it was. All I was surprised was there. I know I mean. <laughs> I mean, all I can remember, I forget. <laughs> I mean, the basketballs, the, the, the clerk shooters. I mean, the, the, the... You said that there wasn't any high news about that. <laughs> That's you. Huh? Oh. 
I'll never forgive you for this. Making me yell at my wife like that. <laughs> oh, that's all right, dear. It gave you a nice, healthy color. Yes, McGee, a little physical exertion like that is quite beneficial. What's so fiscal about my exertion? It didn't cost me a nickel to exert my fiscal. I didn't say... <laughs> Not fiscal, dearie. Huh? He said... He said physical. Oh. You see, fiscal refers to a... Uh... Oh, are you leaving, Mr. Mayor? Yes. Yes, this is where I came in. Good day. <laughs> Men sing Managua, Nicaragua. Managua, Nicaragua is a beautiful town. You buy a hot tea and a bottle, you pay for town. You give it to the lady that you're trying to win. Not a roll the hand and doesn't let you come in. Managua, Nicaragua is a heavenly place. You ask the senorita for a reason to pray. She answers you, Caracas, Caracas, Bambarito. If Managua, Nicaragua, that can be no. I have been to many tropic ports. Olé! I might be saluting. Mudhead, I... Say, do I hear a radio going somewhere? You hear a radio, but it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just sitting on the guest room table. The little girl across the street is spending the evening with us, Doctor, while her parents are out playing cards. Look in on her if you want to. You might drum up a fast game of patty cake, butcher's man. <laughs> oh, thank you, my boy. I've got to run along now. I've got an operation scheduled for tonight. An and... operation tonight, Doctor? Is it an emergency? Oh, not exactly, Molly. Stop by to tell you about it, as a matter of fact. You see, I'm performing a lobotomy. A from... what, Doctor? A lobotomy. Who performed yours? 
Mine? Yeah. From where I'm standing, you got about the little... Oh, McGee! Mrs. McGee, if I ever have your little marital mistake there open for any reason, my dear, remind me to remove most of that gall of which he has enough for a poke in the nose. <laughs> I was about to say that I'm demonstrating a new technique for chest surgery tonight, and they're going to take movies of me operating. No kidding, Doc. Oh, it's wonderful, Doctor. Just imagine, McGee, Dr. Gamble in picture. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you won the anatomy award? <laughs> boy, oh boy, will he be hard to get along with now, Molly. Can't you just see him mugging at the camera? <laughs> What are they going to call the picture, Doc? Ham Slices Man? <laughs> no, no, but seriously, my boy, I wish you'd drop over later on. You can help me. I can? Oh, I'd love to, Doc. Yes, if the applause is as big as I think it'll be, I'd like to use you for an encore. Oh, good night. You know, McGee, I'll bet Dr. Gamble will be very... Hey. What's that? Sounds like it comes from the guest room. Heavenly days, McGee. We'd better look in there. For the last time, Ratface, will you tell us where the glass stone emeralds is hit? It's the radio. Hey, talking, see? Persuade him, Snarly. It'll be a pleasure, Chief. Here. Oh. Oh. Hey, sis. That's a pretty bloodthirsty program for quiet, you. Quiet, quiet. It's almost over. Okay. Okay. I'll talk. I hit the emeralds. Oh. 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 That concludes tonight's episode of Bloodbath Incorporated. Tune in again next week and see how Ace Bodkin, the Chicago shamus, failed the killers of. Oh, boy, was that ever wonderful. Well, thanks ever so much, Mr. McGee and Miss McGee. I guess I better go home now. Go home, but maybe your folks aren't home yet. Oh, they didn't go anyplace, mister. What? Didn't you tell us they were out playing bridge somewhere, Teenie? Sure, I did, I bet you. They're playing at our house. You mean, well, then why'd you come over here in the first place? Well, I wanted to hear that radio program, Bloodbath Incorporated. What? Oh, for harmony, when Snarly stuck that kid in the rat face of dinner, I thought... Hey, hey, You mean you came over here just to listen to that radio program? Sure I did, I bet you. <laughs> they won't let me listen to it at home. I see. Well, we wouldn't have let you listen to it here either if we'd known it. That's no good for kids. You substitute that. You took oh. advantage? Oh, well, gee, I'm sorry you feel that way about it, kid. Look. Uh-uh. Looks like I gotta find a new place every week. Where's my little coat and my little mittens? Oh, here they are. Well, thanks for everything, Miss McGee and Miss McGee. Good night, now. Have you any of the new blonde or other light-colored furniture? It's certainly attractive, but fingerprints and dirt do tend to show up on it, don't they? Well, to help you solve this problem, the makers of Johnson's Wax have developed a special furniture polish called Johnson's Cream Wax. And believe me, it's wonderful. It's a creamy white liquid. And in addition to genuine wax, it contains two active cleansing ingredients which do an amazing cleaning job. Just apply, apply a little Johnson's Cream Wax to any of your light-colored furniture. All your furniture, for that matter. And notice how quickly and easily dirt and fingerprints disappear. Then, with just a light polishing, see how cream wax gives a smooth, satiny wax luster that's really beautiful. And it's dry, not oily, so dust and dirt won't stick to it. Of course, this makes your housework much easier. Try Johnson's Cream Wax on your light woodwork and white kitchen equipment, too. You'll like it. Teenie's parents weren't mad at her for being here when they thought she was at her Aunt Minnie's. 
She called up after she got home. Said her folks dished out a terrific beating. Oh, no, McGee. A beating? Yeah. To the other couple at bridge. Oh. Said they were so happy about it, they just kissed her. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next June tonight. Good night. This NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is Chicago, WMAQ.